Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Soundworks Collection interview series. This is Michael Coleman, and this week we're talking with Jeffrey Wood, who's the studio director for Fantasy Studios, which is based in Berkeley, California. And uh, I couldn't wait to talk with Jeffrey about Fantasy Studios. For anyone who isn't familiar with this studio, you'll hear why it's one of the legendary studios that has just some amazing history. And it was so much fun talking with Jeffrey of just what it's like to be in his position, to see all the amazing artists and engineers and producers that come through his door every day. I had a great time talking with Jeffrey, and I hope you enjoy our conversation. Here we are, I mean, Fancy Studios, mm-hmm. Berkeley, California. I've had just, being from the Bay Area, I've had just such a kind of a, I don't know, a love affair with this building because there's so much history here. And I only, I, I came in probably at the late, oh, early 2000s, mm-hmm. which is total, which is when this studio was in a transition phase of owners and just totally changing over. I mean, you, you got involved in 2007? Uh, as uh, 2007 to run the studios, yeah. but I, I had been here since 1995. As yeah. far as being a producer in residence here at the studios. Yeah, what did you know about Fantasy Studios? What what attracted you to this building? Uh, well, I had been overseas in London for five years, working as a record producer, then in L.A. for five years, then in New York for three yeah. years, and I wanted to come back to California, and I'd always wanted to relocate in the Bay Area. And when I came back, I did a project at all the better studios in the Bay Area. Yeah. I came here and worked. I love the people. I love the teamwork. I love the feeling of the building, the creative, even though it looks like an insurance company on the outside. Totally. Yeah, <laughs> it's it an incredible creative yeah. community in here of, of 15 film production companies, uh, sound designers, editors, and not alone the Zance company yeah. still doing, uh, still active, do, actively doing work in feature film. Sometimes, I mean, even just walking through the, through the halls, I mean, all the gold mm-hmm. records, it, it's such a a sight to be seen when you look at all the people who have come through here. Mm-hmm. And continue. And continue. And, and continue to come here. Yeah, it's it's not one of those, oh, it used to be a great studio. It still yeah. is a great studio. Yes, yes. And uh, we work very hard to keep it a great studio. <laughs> I mean, the, before we start jumping into the history of the studio, I just want to mm-hmm. get a little background on you. I mean, um, to end up in a place like this must be kind of a, is it a dream come true? Uh, well, yeah. Uh, it's a dream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a fantasy. It's a fantasy. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Uh, no, it, 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 I mean, it's something that evolved. Okay. I mean, because I've always loved the mix of uh, film and music. I come from being a musician originally, uh, becoming a writer and composer, and then uh, doing music for small film soundtracks, yeah. but wanting to be a record producer. And that's sort of where my trajectory took yeah. off. And then later in life, learning to engineer and mix the two together. But coming at the engineering standpoint from a producer standpoint. Yeah, I mean, to be able to be in your position, I've seen so many different types of personalities and backgrounds and experiences be in your position. And it takes a certain type of person to do what you do. What is it that, how would you describe just the wide range of experiences and abilities that you have to have? Oh, you have to be everything, you know. Uh, from being handholder and counselor, uh, legal counsel, management <laughs> counsel, uh, producer, production uh, coordinator, uh, arranger, uh, uh, overseer. Yeah. I, and I think uh, part of it is being just psychic overseer uh, of the team that we have. 
at this point. Uh, we have a great team we feel are the best engineers in the Bay Area, mm-hmm. as well as we work with many outside engineers. Um, but it's uh, making sure that the quality is extremely high. We, we try our best to uh, ke- keep it the very best quality-wise, mm-hmm. and we believe that comes from the people. Yeah. It's not the gear. Right. You know, as somebody said, uh, forget about the gear. Get some talent. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we believe it's the staff and uh, and the rooms mm. more than the gear. Do you feel like, you? I mean, on your day-to-day tasks, do you, do you wish you could just focus and just do one thing? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All the time. Make music. Uh, make music, right. <laughs> that, because that's what I come from doing, and, and I come from being a producer. So I come from the other side of the desk. I would always be on the other side of the desk speaking with studio managers, yeah. trying to negotiate deals, trying to negotiate partnerships, trying to negotiate, and then being the middle person between the record label and the studios and... Yeah dealing with the A&R people, dealing with the managements. So, uh, but always trying to get the amount of time necessary to do the creative work. It must give you a perspective of all the hoops that the artists and the creative staff has to go through to get here mm. just to make their project happen before mm-hmm. they can even hit record. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's, I feel like today the the unfortunate reality is that studios like this are closing at a slower or maybe not a faster rate i feel like hopefully we've gone through the major downfall of major studios closing and it just i remember seeing even in new york a lot of the some of the major spaces mm-hmm. closing and such a loss because they're not going to come back they get turned into residential spaces or mm-hmm. you know who knows what happens and I, I just can't imagine a space like this ever going away and i think what the great thing what you guys are doing is is showing that these spaces are still relevant mm-hmm. they are relevant i mean we we don't just do the big names. Yeah. We do the mothers bringing in their daughters for, to do a flute demo to mm-hmm. get into high school. Yeah. You know, I mean, and uh, uh, so it they are relevant. Uh, we get the projects that have done two or three in their bedroom or have done two or three at their rehearsal hall and want to notch it up. Yeah. And uh, they realize the limitations of not knowing the gear well enough or not knowing the process well enough or not having rooms that sound decent or rooms that are true enough to listen in. Mm. You know, listening in a bedroom is a lot much different than listening <laughs> in a tuned control room. Yeah. So you have a true factor in the studio that you don't have at home. How has this space evolved since you've gotten involved in terms of uh, technology with gear? Because... You still you still service the analog community. You still have tape. Yes, we still have tape. Yeah. We try to use the tape machines, and we have a lot of them. Yeah, <laughs> we try to uh, some for parts, and we scour the internet worldwide for mm. parts. Uh, but uh, we try to use the tape machines uh, for transfer work. We do okay. a lot of transfer work for record labels, both in Los Angeles and New York, and mm-hmm. the Bay Area, uh, for radio stations, uh, for uh, the Other Minds series, for a lot of private archiving series. Okay. Uh, so we do a lot of that, but we also do 
do sessions on tape machines. Yeah. We try to limit that, though, in order to use the tape machines just uh, yeah. in a play mode rather than in a shuttle mode, which is really where the wear and tear happens on the parts. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Fantasy's always had a lot of outboard gear as it, as it has gone through the decades. I mean, yeah. we have echo chambers I'm here. envious of that. <laughs> uh, it's, I mean, besides Capitol uh, Studios, right, in Hollywood? Yeah, exactly. And their five echo chambers are closed for two years while Ugh. they build parking lots next door. Right. So we are... The the place on the West Coast to have a large selection. We have eight echo chambers, five working ones, and they sound spectacular. They've been sampled by two plug-in companies, but the plug-ins sound nothing like the real thing because Mm. we have the plug-ins. We we have a large collection of plug-ins, and we, we use those as well for different purposes. But the echo chambers themselves sound spectacular. And then in the next decade of reverb moved into plate reverbs, electrostatic plates. We have two rooms of plate reverbs. Wow. Then it moved into digital boxes another decade yep. on, and we have digital boxes. And then it moved into plugins. We have the plugins. And we have to have that because of the large the large scope of projects. We're not just a rock studio. Yep. You know. It was originally built to service the record label. As you know, fantasy, which is just phenomenal archive of, yeah. I mean, so much material, so much amazing material. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And originally becoming a jazz acquisition label, buying Pablo Prestige, Riverside Milestone, then going on to buy the Stax catalog, Contemporary and Specialty, early rock stuff. Uh, so uh, Tacoma and Kicking Mule. So early Crazy. folk, uh, you yeah. know, folk instrumental yeah. work. So it, it, the studios were originally built to service the label. The artists that were still alive would record yep. here. The artists that had passed on, and the joke was fantasy only signs dead people <laughs> for says, a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but the thing is, the artists that had passed on would be remixed and remastered. Yeah. And that still happens till today. We recently remixed uh, re, uh, uh, some previously unreleased Duke Ellington tracks, mm. uh, Otis Redding live in Paris. Uh, we continue to do work like that, even though the label has been sold and has moved the archives down to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for you now, just the reality, of the day in day out. I think what you know when there's sessions going on. You, you told me that there's been three years of of just nonstop work. Yeah, and actually, it has been seven years since we uh, took the studios over and 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 tried to change the model and revive the studios and bring them up. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we spent a lot of time and energy into maintaining all the gear, going over everything, rebuilding the pianos with Hamburg Steinway action wow. and all the pianos, rebuilding the Hammond organs, uh, recapping the consoles, yeah. uh, going over all the microphones, all the outboard gear. So it was a big change. And every year it's been growing. Gradually, yeah. And this yeah. is stuff that probably would have been just a normal kind of maintenance. Mm-hmm. But I think the state of maybe where the studio it wasn't in like disrepair at all no, but no. obviously there's things that you can do to really entice people to come mm-hmm. here because it's a large facility i mean there are four rooms yep. here we're using three at the present time and uh we've just expanded back out into a new annex the area annex space, yeah. yeah which we do a lot of video in we sure we're shooting a lot of video because of our relationship with the film community yeah there's, um, there's a lot of great um, folks in this building. I mean, I remember when I was in college and working here, there's so many great doc filmmakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have the whole Lord of the Rings, um, Middle Earth Enterprises on like the, the fifth floor, right? Seven, Still is. Seventh floor. Seventh yeah. floor here, yeah, yeah. which is just an incredible story in of itself. And, and there's just like a great cross-section of um, sound designers, editors. I mean, the whole complex in of itself is 
Yeah, and it's alive yeah. and well. I mean, yeah. and it's moving into the you know into the present time. Yep. You know, our joke was we we're going to tra- drag fantasy kicking and screaming out of the seventies. Yeah, and and I mean the whole building has changed and evolved. I mean, we have a lot of startups in the building, tech startups, uh, uh, as well as we have a major new tenant moving in whom I can't speak about sure. at this, but a very relevant uh, talent to all of music production. Oh, fantastic. So, so uh, it's uh, we have a lot of tech moving into the building, and uh, and that's been a great energizing thing, which we, we do a lot of gaming work already. Yeah. And so um, it's interesting to see that grow within the building. Yeah. Maybe you could talk about a little the, the scope of your, your staff, because you have a full-time engineering staff in the sense of, uh, machine room, or, or not machine room, but uh, equipment room, uh, mm-hmm. you know, maintenance and upkeep, mm-hmm. which is, you know, sometimes kind of like a on the call guy that you call in. Yeah. But. Well, we found, uh, you know, and Fantasy has always had a maintenance staff. It's been a, an essential part because of being a multi room facility and because we do a lot of sessions where uh, you will have a full orchestra sitting out in the room. And if the produ- production company, or record label, or the producer are paying, a f- you know, an orchestral session union wages you can't have something go down and leave a message for the, the tech guy on a you know and maybe he'll get back to you yeah. after, oh i can come tomorrow morning you know. no somebody's across the hall they come across the hall swap it out or fix yeah. it on the spot uh and and we have to work that way because we have a lot of a, uh, a lot of uh, clients that need to have things done it's expectation expectation exactly yeah. and that's something which expectation has maybe shifted. I don't think it's dropped. It's just different now because Mm -hmm. the expectation is I can do this at my home or my Mm -hmm. garage or Mm -hmm. in a small studio that, I mean, yes, that those are still really relevant Mm -hmm. places to do this type of work, but Mm -hmm. this is a different beast. This is Mm -hmm. not that model. It's not that model at all. And we believe, you know, fantasy switched over in 99 to Pro Tools and uh, for a majority of the work. Sure. And has hasn't looked back since then. And we do things in Logic, we do things in Cubase, we do things in Ableton, but Pro Tools is the main yeah. the main beast we work with. And 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 we love it and it's been stable. Uh, but the thing is when people come to a place like this and and they have that mindset, they do expect it to be done a notch mm-hmm. uh, a notch or ten notches or a hundred notches above what you know they do and we we work very hard to make that happen yeah and we believe we do we have a 99 percent return rate at this point you know knock, knock about, on yeah 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 knock on formica you yeah know, it's, totally. it's like you know we work very hard to make that happen um how do you describe the in-house engineers versus all the guest engineers that, that come in with projects well our in-house engineers uh go in three different directions adam yeah. munoz uh jesse nichols alberto hernandez and now jason butler are fourth uh but uh, uh they all have a bit of a different style in their sound they have developed to a point where they get called upon for I would say over 80% of the name projects that come in because they have their own reputations we've tried to really promo them in their own right to Mm -hmm. build a uh, bring bring about knowledge of the work they've been doing and uh, and uh, so it's been great how did they come to you or how did you find them what was that 
process well, like? Oh, well, Adam, I've known since 95. Okay. Since he, he was at Different Fur. Oh, nice. Started out in San as Francisco. An in, yeah, as an, an intern and an assistant there. Okay. Uh, and I believe previ- previous to that, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Adam. However, <laughs> uh, it, you, he may have been a brilliant uh, before that, but yeah. uh, I knew him from Fur. Okay. And he was an assistant there, and we just got along great. I saw how talented he was, and I was uh, doing actually a Penelope Houston record oh, for nice. Warner Brothers. And I we needed uh, somebody to mix it, and I said, Adam, let's do this, you know. And that was he, it. he was, yeah, I just fell in love with him at that point. He's just so talented, and he's grown into his own, having his own voice mix wise. Yeah. And and now, you know, we we work a lot with Bill. We do all of Bill Frizzell's recordings. Adam mm-hmm. is the guy for that. Nice. You know, Bill won't work with anyone else. That's you know, so, it's like so uh, you know, from that scope to also, you know, doing autopsy. You know, <laughs> death metal. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. so it's like, and we do a lot. We do a lot of death metal. We do punk rock. We do gospel. We do you know jazz. There's we a lot of that Latin. going on here. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And we try our best to, you know, service the whole community and make it yeah. a creative hub in all those realms. Wow. Um, and so, uh, yeah. I'm sorry, just yeah, yeah. to go on a second, but Jesse Nichols, mm-hmm. who started out as an assistant here, mm. and he's grown into his own own uh, own voice, you know, from, you know, and he's just recently did the new Stooges record. Not a bad gig. Yeah, yeah Iggy and the Stooges. <laughs> and so as well as working on a new project with James Williamson from the Stooges with Alison Mosshart from The so Kills, yeah, yeah. Bobby oh. Gillespie from Primal Scream. So we're doing recordings like that and mixing like that. He also does all the work with Neil Schoen from Journey, you know, yeah. doing the Journey work as well as doing Neil's solo projects as well as, as well as, you know. So he's, you know, really built up his own voice. It's hard and, for people to say yeah. that there's, that music is dead. It's so far from being dead. Yeah, it's so far from being dead. Yeah. yeah. And and a band like that, which one thinks of as a remnant, you know, from the 80s, and uh, they have done all their hits here and continue to come back, and we love them. They, they're, not only are they great guys, but they're very, very creative. They wrote that whole last recording across the hall from my office. Mm. Every day I would hear them working out, Arnell, Neil, and Jonathan working out the new songs, and it was just incredible, their process, to yeah. hear the arranging and how they work and how meticulous they are and how much care they put into the arrangements. And... Uh, and not alone to hear them playing in a room live together is just <laughs> you get it why that music has touched people yeah you know i think the the big reason why i love coming into studios and talking with people is because it's not a closed door environment but it's a private creative space that we're ultimately trying to have for artists that so they have a, a canvas you know to, to work on and I just feel like people have been trying to say that these studio spaces are are not relevant anymore and i think it's because they're not in the position that some of these larger artists are, where they know what is capable, what these spaces are, mm-hmm. the potential of these p- places are. Yeah. Well, you know, it's. I think it comes from the same mentality that's bagged on the record labels. Yeah. You know, there were obviously not good things about the business models of the record labels, yeah. but uh, but I always had good relationships with them and saw how much they did help an artist and develop an artist and believe in an artist. Uh, and... Uh, it's the same thing with the studios. You're right. It's not having experience with it, though. People will tend to, you know, criticize. And I think there's, as you mentioned earlier, there's a big difference between recording in your bedroom and putting a band together 
in a room where they can see each other, right. play live, have that energy level, not just a person sitting in their bedroom with a guitar in their lap waiting to hit three on Pro Tools to, yeah. get to, to do their guitar solo, yeah. and and thinking that there's going to be some sort of feeling or soul coming out of yeah. that. We have large rooms. We have large, uh, a extremely large selection of microphones and outboard gear, and so we can, uh, you know, do large amounts of people together. Yeah. Uh, an example, we just did a project uh, with Magic Magic Orchestra with 10 independent bands coming. And mm. we did that for Death Cab for Cuties label. And all great bands coming in to play live with a 40-piece orchestra wow. and 30-voice boys choir. Wow. So we, at some points, we had 100 people <laughs> in, coming through, <laughs> coming through uh, at, a, at the same time. Yeah. We can do large amounts of people yeah. you know, in a room with a two-story ceiling, and, and it sounds beautiful. It, it, I think that's... That you cannot do in your bedroom, my friend. Yeah, <laughs> you know? it's, it's it's so funny. Uh, on the on the on the opposite side of the coin, people are going to say like, "Oh, well, I don't have the money." But but then then again, you're saying you have people that do come in. Yeah. I've seen those projects. The, the girl who's still in in high school who yeah, wants to do something. Absolutely, and that's the thing. What we've re- really re- tried to do is reshape the cost structure, right? And work with people. Like I said, I come from the other side of the desk and always arguing with the yeah. Uh, with the studio manager trying to get the time I needed because working in a recording studio is all about time. Right. And it's all about having the proper amount of time and the proper uh, support system uh, a, to do the work you need to do. And so we're very happy to slide the scale for yeah. regional people. And people always say, they look at, and they say, oh, fantasy, I could never uh, afford that. It's so unfortunate, yeah, that people have that. No, give us a call. Yeah, you know we're happy to, and we we're big believers in supporting the community. We're involved with, with the Oakland community heavily. We're involved with the Berkeley community. We're involved with San Francisco com- yeah. community very extremely heavily. Huge creative pool. A huge creative pool, yeah. and supporting the indie scene. We get so many new bands through and young bands uh, doing interesting, uh, pieces of work. Yeah, I, I hope this isn't kind of. A unique thing only to fantasy because I feel like all studios have to be open to having that lower hanging fruit I suppose of, of artists have access to studios it just and not only that we believe in it I mean you know like I say it's about like you said you know creating a creative environment to me from the very first time I went into a recording studio, and I made the mistake of saying, I wish I could spend the rest <laughs> of my life in a recording studio. Uh, here we are. But, yeah, exactly. Uh, but from the very first time, I felt the womb-like quality of it and how you can just feel totally free in there. Yeah. You can you can say, uh, once the door is closed on any of our rooms, nobody goes in. Right. And you're in there with your creative team, and you're in there with the engineer, and if you have a producer or not. and and you can just really explore and uh, in these beautiful rooms. And, and I think that's part of allowing people the ability to be the artist again, instead of the artist and, like I was saying earlier, having a guitar in your lap, and yeah. also oh, I'm the engineer, and also I'm doing everything. Yeah. And also, well, you know something, sometimes it's good to let go and let somebody who knows a little more do the other thing so you can do what you do Focus the best. on... Yeah. Yeah. You can focus on the art and not have to worry about the technicality of yeah. getting the signal yeah. into the into the board and so on. I think just trying to create a creative hub. Another aspect uh, yeah. is of the creative hub and having people here is we've had so many creative marriages happen in the hallway. 
Oh, you know, that. I mean, you know, as well as uh, having uh, creative dissonances happen in the yeah. hallway, but where people will meet each other and say, "Oh, you know, can you come in and do a guitar solo on my on my recording?" You know, or uh, it's it's just a incredible creative pot that's going yeah. on here because you walk down the hallway and one room will be you know Norwegian death metal the next room will be you know a string quartet and the yeah. next room will be you know some hip hop project totally and, and so and I love it like that yeah. we love having different things going on not alone the two mastering engineers that are on site and you'll hear film soundtracks coming out of their rooms or or if George is cutting vinyl something else yeah what are some of the crazy just those those holy grail pieces of gear that you guys have here that only you guys might have here in the bay area well um there are a lot of those i mean you know uh, besides the uh the consoles and the outboard gear i mean just the microphone selection we have a extremely large vintage mic selection as well as new mic selection but in the vintage uh mic Selection. First of all, I want to mention James mm-hmm. Gangwer, our chief mm-hmm. tech, who is the mic guy for the West Coast. He yeah. does he does mics for Capital. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, as well as people in New York, as well as many famous uh, people's microphones. But he does ours first. Yeah. And uh, uh, so we have every kind of vintage Neumann U forty sevens, U sixty sevens, M forty nines, two sixty nines. But he's also through his vast array yeah. of parts created hybrid vintage microphones. Oh, so nice. he's taken like a AKG C24, which is a stereo microphone right. from H- AKG, a vintage stereo microphone, and put U- Neumann U67 capsules on it. It sounds huge. Yeah. And we, we put that next to our AKG C24, which sounds huge already, and it's just is mind-blowing. What do you like uh, to use them on? Oh, everything from yeah. drum overheads to pianos to uh, put them over a string section yeah. as well as, a, you know, our decatry, which we hang M49s yep. on or, or Brawners, new Brawners or, uh, I mean, there's just, it's endless, the combination of the microphones. He's also done, uh, you know, an M49 with a C12 capsule. I mean, just, just different mixes of things yeah. which create different, different feels yeah. and different uh, flavors and, uh, and obviously these are kind mm-hmm. of like it's an a la carte approach you can yeah. pull stuff in everything is modular here everything is modular so you can order in one piece of outboard gear or mountains of outboard gear yeah. we have every kind of you know vintage neve uh, module to vintage apis to vintage telefunkens so we have we're talking about hardware these aren't plugins no these are not plugins <laughs> we have the plugins as well yeah, the but, plugins too. but but the thing is we have the hardware so you have you can order in 18 channels of vintage Geneve, uh, Mike Prees. Uh, you know, we have uh, every kind of 1176 and LA2 uh, vintage compressors. Yeah. Uh, so you actually have the ability to warm up the sound before you go into a digital audio workstation. Right. So people say, yeah. well, do I have to go to tape? Well, no, you know, we have so much stuff. It's, it's how so you much, throw the fish yeah, into seriously. the net. And yeah. we try to catch it with a big net. There's yeah. that, that's an element which I think people don't have the perspective on which is we want to go to tape because we want the warmth but the warmth also is in this gear mm-hmm. and so if you're going to go through the gear into mm-hmm. a digital console yeah that's that's probably captioned at 2496 it's yeah. going to have a lot of that yeah and also we can we our consoles are analog yeah. you know so and uh 
uh, th- uh, we believe in SSL consoles. Both we have the, the duality, and yeah, the brand new duality as well as the vintage four thousand here, and and uh, but. If people do want to put uh, their sound through tape, we have tape machines. Yeah. Tape machines are us. We have two inches, but we also <laughs> have tons of half inches ATRs and studers and yeah. quarter inches AT- ATRs and studers. It's so. such a it's such a different world now because my mind always goes back to the guy who has the studio in his home. Is like, I hate you guys. You guys have all this great gear. I. I I can get what I need to be done in my workspace. I've created mm-hmm. a, a place that make, works for me. But like this is a different this is totally a different reality this is your guys's world this is where you mm-hmm. live this is where you start mm-hmm. and hopefully there's a, a way of bridging and there is a way i, I think that it happens now of bringing these two worlds together so yeah. that you can have your home studio and you can have this oh yeah as i was mentioning uh, you know fantasy switched over in 99 and since then i don't think there's been a there have been very few projects especially band projects where somebody in the band hasn't had their own system and so they've already gone through that exercise and they know yeah. it or continue to do it. We're happy to be involved because we have huge rooms for tracking that sound great to do the drum tracking here. Yep. Go home and do your overdubs and then come back and mix or we'll do parts of it. And it's been that way for a while. It's been that way through, uh, you know, uh, through the 2000s and in, into the present day where uh, studios and we're fine with that. We're totally fine with that. Uh, you know, it. I think the mixing process goes a lot smoother when, you know, right. the recording is done here because our guys, you know, know then how it's recorded. They're mm-hmm. able to move fast on the mixing instead of having to fix things, if, yeah. that, is, if that is the case. Right. Uh, I think the thing is people have to just get used to, you know, like you said, it's more of a mental attitude that people have about, well, Maybe instead of buying a, another microphone or another mic pre, maybe we should spend that money in the studio. And we've had a real resurgence of people who've done all their ho- recordings at home and want to come to the studio, even to learn from the engineers. Yeah. Um, people will come back around yeah. in, a, in a real way that makes sense because you, you understand the value yeah. proposition, I suppose. Yeah. That makes sense. One would hope. Yeah. One would hope, yeah. yeah. And that's the, that's the thing. Like when, I, you know, when I come in here, my expectation is, oh, Fantasy must be scraping by, but it's so far from scraping by. It's not even, the, it's, you know, to hear the bands that are coming through, to hear that, you know, even just recently, Counting Crows did their, their full, mm-hmm. you know, new album here. Mm-hmm. That's a big band in, in in a real way, handling recording, and I, I think a way that you have to mm-hmm. kind of manage. You can't just assume that, you know, there's alternatives that are going to get you by and get a, a, a similar result. Right. This is very right. much reality. Yeah, and also, too, because uh, a band on that level, they have so much gear, even okay. just to have the space. We had a, a you know, break, break into other areas. So, you know, we give them the complete annex to store their flight cases in and yeah. their huge selection of guitars and amplifiers. Yeah, and, great point. And so it is a matter of space as well. But also, too, they come here for the rooms and yep. they come here for the, the mic selection and the gear selection and the, the service that they're going to get, the infrastructure. Yeah. You know, so they can worry about just doing what they do best as being the artist. 
But again, uh, the new bands that come here and don't have a budget get the same level of service. Right. I mean, we don't like break out the higher level of service. It's like it's not like, oh well, hold on, dude. You get you get the no frills flight. We're gonna introduce you. What's your name again? Yeah, we're gonna. This is our new engineer. Right, right, right. Exactly. It's not like we're throwing some intern with it. No, they get all the top engineers, all the top gear. Yeah. You know, a band that's just starting out. Yeah. You know, the object is to have it be a creative hub for bands on any level. What's the mixture of outreach, of of referrals coming in, and you guys doing outreach to bring business in here? Well, we do a certain amount of outreach, but it's especially when we were trying to re-energize the studio from a low point and also let people know that Fantasy was still here and alive and better than ever. Yeah. And uh, so we did a certain amount of outreach. But... Now it's referrals, and now it's return, yep. uh, return business. But we get so many of, oh, I just heard this CD you guys did for so and so, and it sounded yep. so great. You know, I want to do my project there. That's those are the kind of calls yeah, we yeah. get now. But we, but we're very active in the community as well. We also donate time to charities, donate time to the school systems. Right. I mean, you we're a very huge orchestra from Concord not too long a year ago, maybe. Oh yeah, we. Oh yeah, we do. I can't <laughs> I even saw those, remember. Those pictures. I can't even remember. You know all the projects because yeah. we have different projects in different rooms every day. Yeah. But yeah, we had uh, at one point. I think on one session we had eighty-seven people in one room right. playing live, and it's incredible. I mean, for the kids to be in a room in a space like no. this is just magical, and that those are things yeah. that I still remember my first time doing a project in a studio, and it still sticks with me. I mean, yeah, that's uh, so important. Yeah, because of the, the same rooms, the next day you'll have Bill Frizzell or Christian. McBride or you know uh, we did the Andre Crouch Marvin Winans gospel record that won the Grammy you know things like that in other genres of music that they might relate to maybe the maybe the kids in these orchestras or bands are more into jazz or real music education yeah so they and we're very happy to make it available to them for inspiration so they keep doing what they're doing you know how far can you think out to the future how far do you want to think out in terms of what the studio could or is well we've already been expanding I mean our vision is not only doing the rooms for the last uh, three and a half four years we've been involved with producing uh, some visual material we did a film with uh, Academy Award winner Stephen Okazaki uh, with Nels Klein Mm. about creativity in the recording studio nice and that was great it was about improvisation it was about and we shot it right here in Studio D oh nice where can people see that uh, well we just did it just was released nationally released theatrically oh fantastic and it went across the country from new york to la and uh it is we're talking to people about a release now a general, general release uh and we've gotten some offers to do a series of that where nels actually interdu- interviews oh, nice. other people yeah and so we're we're talking about that now yeah and uh, when i told him about that he said well, I thought he'd say, well, dude, I'm, I'm on tour with Wilco for the next two <laughs> yeah. years. I'm not going to have time to do this. Yeah. And he said, he said, no, I am in. I'm yeah. in this. He said, as long as I get input on on who do, who I can interview. That's I said, that, dude, that's I said it, yeah. dude, here's a piece of paper. Write down yeah. 12 people. And he wrote down all these incredible people, yeah. you know, that of whom you've heard of all of oh, them. Oh, of course. And, and uh, so, so we're looking into that as well as we're involved with some other uh, video production yeah. uh, projects, which I won't go into at this point. We're also uh, involved with developing a distribution network okay. uh, 
uh, because of my time in England, and I've stayed in touch with the people who mm-hmm. have become good friends that I worked with over there 18, 20 years yeah, ago, yeah, yeah. and uh, have developed a distribution network for independent releases, digital as well as hard copy. And we found yeah. hard copy still matters in the States as well as in Europe to the point where digital distribution companies are really going backwards and releasing hard copy. Yeah, it's in South, well, South America too and, and yeah. in Asia. Yeah. Part. I mean, iTunes has yeah. is releasing CDs. I mean, you know, wow. it's 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 yeah. uh, uh, it's still relevant. And But how do you get good distribution over there? So we, we have a network whereby we'll you know, hook a band up with distribution in all the European countries, hook them up with agents for tours, do PR, and get them going. So we've been developing that on the side, too, and it's really been working out great as far as getting having... We believe in the Bay Area. We believe we're totally uh, uh, in belief that this is an, an exciting talent pool here and always has been. The problem is, why aren't there record labels? Yeah. that are doing something on a good level. You go to a town like Chicago, which I, I, I albeit is a, is a larger city, mm-hmm. it's got four major independents of Drake City, Thrill Jockey, Quarter Sticks, uh, etc. Mm-hmm. Why a bloodshot? Why, why aren't there labels working on that level here? Yeah. And so we're not trying to be a label, believe yeah. me. Uh, but, but the thing is, there's such a great talent pool here. How can we support that, make fantasy a hub for it, and get that music out to the world? That's great. Why aren't people yeah. hearing? Yeah, I mean, this, is, this is something, this is very much a conversation today because you have to be this, your portfolio has to be so diverse. Yeah. You're not just a recording studio. You're so much more. I'm glad to hear you're not, you're not a label. Yeah, no, we're not going that route. We're not going that route. We're not trying to go that route at all. I only say that because yeah. it gets confusing. Yeah, we're not, we are not, yeah, exactly. But, uh, you know, the thing is, uh, so many people do their home project, or they do it in a studio, and they say, well, okay, what do I do now? Okay, right. i got to put it up on uh, Reverb Nation or uh, SoundCloud or yeah. whatever, right. and they're, oh, I'm going to be on the way, you know, to get, yeah. and there are also already 10 billion other artists putting yep. their work out there so it's about visibility and it's about distribution and it's about people working with you and a good team around you uh, people are finding they can't just do it all from their laptop by yeah. themselves you can you, uh, there's so much value like you said of, of bumping into people in the hallway mm-hmm. uh, it happens it happens in you know I think the visual effects communities of of you know artistry where you have to interact with people and music is the mm-hmm. same way you, you can't just live in a bubble at some point when you poke your head out you have to expect that you're gonna have to interact with somebody and 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 look beyond yourself of doing everything at some point you have to put just the control your own personal kind of control down and say you know what there's people out there who can probably do this better and it's not a thing of doing it better but it's working with people right and i think there's a collaboration point that has to start and i think so much of if you look back, digital software, uh, you know, things have been sold on the basis if you buy the software, right. then you be your own producer, be your own engineer, yeah. be your own record label. Well, you know, there is an art and craft involved to all of those. Who's going to be the runner and get you coffee? Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would be a good exactly. app plug-in, yeah, the coffee exactly. runner. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, I'm sure that's coming. Oh, God. <laughs> and uh, But it's... Uh, how do you, you know, it's collaboration and people have to get back to that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So for, for you, what are you excited about moving ahead here with, with 
specific projects that you can talk about. That's the, actually that's the thing I love about talking with you or anyone else here is what are you guys working on? Uh, I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll 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 get back to you. Yeah. Because yeah. it's such it's such um you don't want to jinx it, but you also don't yeah. be respectable of of the artist. Uh, yeah, I mean, and part of that is the artist. Sometimes it's sort of management or, or yeah. saying, "Hey, hold the photo." You know, we don't like we don't put a lot of photos up even though there are a few on the website of yeah. artists because we get asked not to until the the yeah. project gets released or until or sometimes never you know they some people just don't they want to have control over their images yeah, of course. or they're they come here for privacy right and we also do a lot of uh, film uh, post production so we get actors and actresses in that want privacy as well yeah. And we try to offer that. Yeah. So and, what are, what are you excited about? Uh, Types of projects. Uh, I can't really Not say. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> we have a few coming in though. I mean, you know, uh, it's constant. A lot of times we'll get projects at the last minute as yeah. well. Those we'll are get fun. A, we'll get a call today for a project. Hey, do you have time tomorrow night? I have so and so flying in, yeah. and they need to do a vocal. And right. you, you guys do a lot of work here in the animation community. Pixar is down the street. Yes, and we actually had Pixar in for two and a half, three years in Fantasy Studios here okay. in the Annex uh, when they were doing John Carter from Mars. They yeah. did most of the film there. Also, oh, they set up camp here. Basically. They set up camp. Yeah. yeah, they had thirty or forty animators they in there. Store. They had the yeah. whole store and editorial. I mean, yeah. like the whole production was here yeah. in the building. Yeah. Yeah, and we still have the daycare center here, which is a permanent feature of the building. <laughs> it is. Yeah. All the little uh, the Pixar yeah. children are yeah, hanging out. Which my my, my nephew's around. actually over there. Yeah. Oh, great. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I've I've been there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But uh, yeah, there's it's it's pretty wild. We you know we, as you know we you know like I was saying about uh, ADR and voice mm-hmm. uh, because we have ISDN lines. We do a lot of ADR for film you know for the film houses in LA so we'll get a call to do hey can you do this actor or actress yeah. or we had Patrick Stewart in for a month you wow. know just hanging out here and what, was that? what was oh, that like oh it was great it was fantastic what was the know? project oh he was doing well he was in town with Ian McKellen doing that play oh, the for play. Berkeley, Berkeley. Rap. Yeah, yeah. they needed a place to do all their uh, all of his uh voiceovers for all oh, American Dad and yeah. all the all TV oh, shows and he was doing uh, some computer games yeah. and he was doing you know every all of his side work <laughs> yeah. as the voice yeah he would do here and so he'd come in every other day and oh hang my out. gosh and actually one of the last days he was leaving you know we were talking speaking about his house in London and he he was uh, getting ready to leave and he said and I said he mentioned his piano and I said oh do you play the piano and I said and he said, well, no, it's I don't really play. He said, it's one of these pianos where you put the disc in uh-huh, okay. and, and it plays. By Player piano, and I said, oh, yeah. well, who is it that you listen to a lot? He said, uh, you know, my favorite, my idol is Bill Evans. Uh-huh. I said, dude, I'm going to change your life. Come back in the room with me. This is Bill Evans' personal piano oh, in this room. Gosh. He said, you're kidding. He Mind said, blown. He said, would you p- uh, take a picture of me so I could tweet it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so You must have those, those, uh, mo- those pinch me moments every week. Uh, we do have them upon it. Yeah, we do. Uh, I mean, not every week, but we do. Allison and I, uh, there's a wide variety of people that come in. Extremely wide variety. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jeffrey, for talking. It's been so much fun. And where where can people find out about Fantasy? Where where do they go? Go to the website, fantasystudios.com. You can find out everything you need to know. And anything else you need to know, give us a call. Send us an email. We'll answer any question. Come by for a tour. 
we're happy to show anybody the studios, tell about what we're doing, and you know, get you doing some music here. And we mean anybody. Any anybody to, with, with an asterisk on there with a little with a footnote with a footnote. Yeah, <laughs> I mean by that I mean you know anybody that's doing a project, anybody yeah. that is doing a film project. Yeah. You know, we we rent out the rooms a lot for shoots. People yeah. build sets in the rooms. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're happy to do any kind of creative project. Awesome. We've, we've done photo shoots. We've done. Uh, fashion shows. We got a call to do a funeral. <laughs> you know, I mean, to rent a room out for that. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I mean, we get a wide. We do two graduation ceremonies a year. Did you do the we, funeral yeah. in here? Uh, no, we can't. We weren't licensed okay. to do something like that. <laughs> That's a yeah. first. No, that was a first. We were all laughing about that for about a week. Yeah. All right. So, so much fun. Thank you so much, Jeffrey. It's a pleasure.